Section 15 of Grace Anatomy Part 2 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Valli Anatomy of the Human Body Part 2 by Henry Gray Carpometacarpal Articulations Articulations Carpometacarpi Carpometacarpal Articulation of the Thumb Articulatio Carpometacarpi Pollicis this is a joint of reciprocal reception between the first metacarpal and the greater multangular. It enjoys great freedom of movement on account of the configuration of its articular surfaces, which are saddle-shaped. The joint is surrounded by a capsule which is thick but loose and passes from the circumference of the base of the metacarpal bone to the rough edge bounding the articular surface of the greater multangular it is thickest laterally and dorsally and is lined by synovial membrane movements in this articulation the movements permitted are flexion and extension in the plane of the palm of the hand adduction and abduction in a plane at right angles to the palm circumduction and opposition it is by the movement of opposition that the tip of the thumb is brought into contact with the volar surfaces of the slightly flexed fingers this movement is effected through the medium of a small sloping facet on the anterior lip of the saddle shaped articular surface of the greater multangular the flexion muscles pull the corresponding part of the articular surface of the metacarpal bone on to this facet and the movement of opposition is then carried out by the adductors flexion of this joint is produced by the flexors pollicis longus and brevis assisted by opponents pollicis and adductor pollicis extension is effected mainly by the abductor pollicis longus assisted by extensors pollicis longus and brevis adduction is carried out by the adductor abduction mainly by the abductors pollicis longus and brevis assisted by the extensors articulations of the other four metacarpal bones with the carpus articulations carpometacarpi the joints between the carpus and the second third fourth and fifth metacarpal bones are arthroidal the bones are united by dorsal volar and interosseous ligaments the dorsal ligaments ligamenta carpometacarpi dorsalia 
the dorsal ligaments the strongest and most distinct connect the carpal and metacarpal bones on their dorsal surfaces the second metacarpal bone receives two fasciculi one from the greater the other from the lesser multangular the third metacarpal receives two one each from the lesser multangular and capitate the fourth two one each from the capitate and the hamate the fifth receives a single fasciculus from the hamate and this is continuous with a similar ligament on the volar surface forming an incomplete capsule the volar ligaments ligamenta carpometacarpe volaria palmar ligaments the volar ligaments have a somewhat similar arrangement with the exception of those of the third metacarpal which are three in number a lateral one from the greater multangular situated superficial to the sheath of the tendon of the flexure carpi radialis an intermediate one from the capitate and a medial one from the hamate interosseous ligaments the interosseous ligaments consist of short thick fibers and are limited to one part of the carpometacarpal articulation they connect the contiguous inferior angles of the capitate and hamate with the adjacent surfaces of the third and fourth metacarpal bones. Synovial membrane. The synovial membrane is a continuation of that of the intercarpal joints. Occasionally, the joint between the hamate and the fourth and fifth metacarpal bones has a separate synovial membrane. The synovial membranes of the wrist and carpus are thus seen to be five in number. The first passes from the lower end of the ulna to ulnar notch of the radius and lines the upper surface of the articular disc. The second passes from the articular disc and the lower end of the radius above to the bones of the first row below. The third the most extensive passes between the contiguous margins of the two rows of carpal bones and sometimes in the event of one of the interosseous ligaments being absent between the bones of the second row to the carpal extremities of the second third fourth and fifth metacarpal bones the fourth extends from the margin of the greater multangular to the metacarpal bone of the thumb the fifth runs between the adjacent margins of the triangular and pisiform bones occasionally the fourth and fifth metacarpal joints have a separate synovial membrane movements the movements permitted in the carpometacarpal articulations of the fingers are limited to slight gliding of the articular surfaces upon each other, the extent of which varies in different joints. The metacarpal bone of the little finger is most movable than that of the ring finger. 
the metacarpal bones of the index and middle fingers are almost immovable. Intermetacarpal articulations Articulations intercarpe, articulations of the metacarpal bones with each other. The basis of the second, third, fourth and fifth metacarpal bones articulate with one another by small surfaces covered with cartilage and are connected together by dorsal, volar and interosseous ligaments. The dorsal, ligamenta, basium, osseus, metacarp, dorsalia and volar ligaments, ligamenta, basium, osseus, metacarp, volaria, palmar ligaments, pass transversely from one bone to another on the dorsal and volar surfaces. The interosseous ligaments, ligamenta, basium, osteometacarp, interossea, connect their contiguous surfaces just distal to their collateral articular facets. The synovial membrane for these joints is continuous with that of the carpometacarpal articulations. The transverse metacarpal ligament, ligamentum capitulorium, osteometacarpalium, transversum. This ligament is a narrow fibrous band which runs across the volar surfaces of the heads of the second, third, fourth and fifth metacarpal bones, connecting them together. It is blended with the volar glenoid ligaments of the metacarpophalangeal articulations. Its volar surface is concave where the flexor tendons pass over it. Behind it, the tendons of the interossi pass to their insertions. Metacarpophalangeal articulations. Articulations metacarpophalangeal. Metacarpophalangeal joints. These articulations are of condyloid kind, formed by the reception of the rounded heads of the metacarpal bones into shallow cavities on the proximal ends of the first phalanges with the exception of that of thumb which presents more of the characters of a jinglamoid joint. Each joint has a volar and two collateral ligaments. The volar ligaments. Glenoid ligaments of Cruelar, palmal or vaginal ligaments. The volar ligaments are thick, dense, fibrocartilaginous structures placed upon the volar surfaces of the joints in the intervals between the collateral ligaments to which they are connected. They are loosely united to the metacarpal bones but are very firmly attached to the bases of the first phalanges. Their volar surfaces are intimately blended with the transverse metacarpal ligament and present grooves 
for the passage of the flexor tendons, the sheets surrounding which are connected to the sides of the grooves. Their deep surfaces form parts of the articular facets for the heads of the metacarpal bones and are lined by synovial membranes. The collateral ligaments, ligamenta collateralia, lateral ligaments. The collateral ligaments are strong rounded cords placed on the sides of the joints. Each is attached by one extremity to the posterior tubercle and adjacent depression on the side of the head of the metacarpal bone and by the other to the contiguous extremity of the phalanx. The dorsal surface of these joints are covered by the expansions of the extensor tendons together with some loose areolar tissue which connects the deep surfaces of the tendons to the bones. Movements The movements which occur in these joints are flexion, extension, adduction, abduction, and circumduction. The movements of abduction and adduction are very limited and cannot be performed when the fingers are flexed. Articulations of the digits Articulations digitorum manus Interphalangeal joints The interphalangeal articulations are hinge joints. Each has a volar and two collateral ligaments. The arrangement of these ligaments is similar to those in the metacarpophalangeal articulations. The extensor tendons supply the place of posterior ligaments. Movements The only movements permitted in the interphalangeal joints are flexion and extension. These movements are more extensive between the first and second phalanges than between the second and third. The amount of flexion is very considerable, but extension is limited by the volar and collateral ligaments. Muscles acting on the joints of the digits Flexion of the metacarpophalangeal joints of the fingers is effected by the flexors digitorum, sublimus and profundus, lubricales and interossi, assisted in the case of the little finger by the flexor digiti quinti brevis. Extension is produced by the extensor digitorum communis extensor indices proprius and extensor digiti quinti proprius. Flexion of the interphalangeal joints of the fingers is accomplished by the flexor digitorum profundus acting on the proximal and distal joints and by the flexor digitorum sublimus acting on the proximal joints. Extension is mainly affected by the lubricales and interossi. 
the long extensors having little or no action upon these joints. Flexion of the metacarpophalangeal joint of the thumb is effected by the flexorus pollicis longus and brevis. Extension by the extensors pollicis longus and brevis. Flexion of the interphalangeal joint is accomplished by the flexor pollicis longus and extension by the extensor pollicis longus. End of section 15